The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this week's version of Healthcare Insight. You're on America's Web Radio, and I am Ron Rockman. And what we've been talking about is not healthcare in the traditional sense of insurance products or free market opportunities to buy the coverage that you or your family need. No, we're talking about the health care of the United States, of our economy, of our foreign policy, of our political leaders. We can't get back to the original core uh, meaning of this um, radio program and podcast around health care because we've got so many problems that are interfering with that at the moment with this crazy Biden administration. Now, we've exposed over the last number of months the crazy nominees to uh, various positions within our government that control so much of what goes on. You know, we have elected officials, but then we have a bureaucracy that actually runs this country, and they're unelected, and they have enormous powers to allocate money, to write regulations, to control industries. Now, just think about what's happened over the last number of months that we've presented. If you were interested in trying to destroy the United States, to bring it to its knees, what are some of the things you would think about if you were a foreign power trying to destroy the United States? Well, certainly one of the very first things you do would be to try to get rid of its energy independence. And President Biden did that on the very first day by taking away the rights that had already been given to the Keystone Pipeline. And look what's happened. Gas prices have skyrocketed. What are some of the other things that you do? Well, you destroy your currency with inflation, and that's happening. Well, what's another obvious thing to try to do? And that is to create enormous amounts of unemployment by getting rid of the workforce in any way you can. Well, guess what's happening? You've got 20, 30, 40 percent of various segments of our society that are being released or fired because they don't want to take the vaccine. And so police, our military is being culled out of patriots that don't want to get the vaccine. And they're not just getting discharged, they're getting dishonorable discharges for not obeying orders. Whatever happened to my body, uh, my rights? Well, what else would you do? Well, you'd have open borders. And look what's happening uh, with Mexico that at one point was secured just a year ago. Well, what else would you do? Maybe you would create a sanctuary in this world for terrorists, as we've done with the Taliban in Afghanistan. And finally, maybe what you do would, would be to try to destroy those things that actually unite us, the American flag our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Pledge of Allegiance, the things that unite us. You would take down our history, just like the ISIS warriors did as they swept through the Middle East and once had a caliphate. They were tearing down their history because they didn't like the history of that area that they were then beginning to dominate. So we would take down some of our history can you believe that Thomas Jefferson statue was removed from New York City's, I guess it was their museum? I mean, here's the guy who wrote 
our Constitution or our Declaration of Independence, I guess. The Declaration of Madison, I think, wrote the Constitution for the most part. So we're denying our own history. Were people flawed? Did they live under a different set of woke rules 200 years ago? Of course they did. But why would we tear down that history when they were the founding fathers for the greatest country in the world that has freed more people, has provided more upward mobility for people who otherwise live in poverty. The worst person in the United States living in poverty today would be middle class at best and probably richer in most countries around the world. Well, I want to talk today, I want to start off today with that idea of destroying our currency. Inflation is one way to destroy our currency, but another is to destroy our entire banking system. We have a very unique banking system where there's lots of banks you can go to, lots of competition. The government doesn't get involved as directly with our banking system and our savings accounts. But yet we know that in one of these infrastructure bills that they want to track any transaction, accumulated transactions in any bank account over $600. Well, that's everybody. Why do they want to do that? But even more pernicious is the idea of who they want to put in charge of the controller of the currency, and that is the main regulator over all banks. And her name is Amarova. She is a communist, a Marxist, and yet this administration is proposing to nominate her. She is so bad that they actually haven't even sent her over yet. But I want you to listen to one of the senators that you rarely hear about. But he's a smart guy. It's Senator Pat Toomey, Republican from Pennsylvania. And he's not always been one of the most eloquent speakers. He's not been one of the most boisterous speakers. Uh, He's one of those senators that's been very effective, but not a national figure. But I want you to listen to his description of this crazy nominee from the Biden administration. So if you ever wondered how extreme this Biden administration is, If you've ever wondered why, oh, good old lunch bucket Joe is supposedly moderate, that he's actually being controlled by people behind him who are very extreme, very radical, Marxist. You have to be a Marxist leaning towards communism to even nominate or talk about or think about nominating somebody as extreme as Amarova. So, Senator Pat Toomey. Give us your take on this nominee that could destroy our currency and therefore destroy our country's economic viability. The recent announcement from President Biden that he intends to nominate Saleh Omarova to be comptroller of the currency. Now, Ms. Omarova, if she were in fact confirmed to be comptroller of the currency, she'd head up the agencies that is responsible for chartering and regulating national financial institutions. So that is to say she would be the head of the primary regulator for America's national banks. So, Senator, you say this nominee is very radical, that it could destroy our current very successful banking system that is the core of our free market. How do you know how radical or how crazy this person is? Make your case to this audience. I know you've talked about it in Congress, but 
very few people listen to C-SPAN or that kind of presentation does not get wide distribution by the, the legacy media, if you will. So how do you know that this person is that radical? I just want to provide this morning a brief introduction, a glimpse into the mindset of this nominee. First, just little doubt, Ms. Omarova has been celebrated on the far left for promoting ideas that she herself has described as, quote, radical. That's a point we can agree on. These are very, very radical ideas. Senator, have you ever seen radical ideas by this administration? I know that they have been putting in very radical people into various judicial positions and uh, bureaucratic um, positions, um, secretaries of various departments, undersecretaries of various departments. What makes you think that this one is so extreme? In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a more radical choice for any regulatory spot in our federal government. I know that is a very sweeping statement to make. I think I can stand by it. Okay, you've made the general case against her radicalism, and your personal observation is so many nominees that have come forward that this is the most extreme and the most sensitive and important area of our currency. Now, let's get more specific. What are the problems that you've seen in this nominee's background, history, writings, proposals that makes you take this stand? So there's a lot that's extraordinary and radical here, but maybe the heart of it is Miss Omarova doesn't just want to tighten regulation of banks. That's not what she's advocated for. What she wants to do, and I quote, this is her words, effectively end banking as we know it, end quote. Those are words she wrote just last year. This is not ancient history. These are the views she has articulated in writing within a year. Well, Senator Jimmy, what do you think that means, end banking as we know it? What is she getting at? Do you understand what that phrase really means in her mind if she is the key regulator over banks? She clearly has an aversion to anything like free market capitalism, and that's in her writing. In an October 2020 paper called, quote, The People's Ledger, end quote, she outlined a plan for, and I quote, radically reshaping the basic architecture and dynamics of modern finance, end quote. Well, Senator, a, a lot of strange words, I admit, but what is this all about? Can you interpret for our audience what she's proposing or what she's suggesting here? And what this was all about, what she was arguing for in this paper from just last year, was really promoting the nationalization of an entire industry, retail banking. Basically, bring to an end the ability of banks to compete for customers' services and instead nationalize that. A clear socialist idea that we shouldn't have free enterprise system competing for people's business, but rather have the government own it and provide that. Well, Senator, many in our audience don't understand the nuances of financing of what all this means. Give us an example of what would happen under this kind of proposal of nationalizing our banking system. Specifically, she wants the Federal Reserve 
to allocate credit and capital. And as part of this regime, she advocates that the government, acting through the Fed, would actually cut off credit to those deemed, quote, socially suboptimal, end quote. Can you imagine? Is there something more chilling than the idea that we would abolish retail banking, make it the responsibility of the Fed, and then actively require that the Fed decides who is socially optimal and who's not, and then allocate credit accordingly. This is unbelievable. Well, Senator, you've done a great job in trying to expose at least some of the radicalization that's going on with Biden administration uh, nominees. I know there's more here, and while this to some may be inside baseball, Washington speak, the reality is what you're um, expressing and explaining to this audience is that it's going to affect them when they can get credit, who approves credit, who's eligible for credit. It may be if the national government does this, that only Democrats get approved. Republicans who vote for Trump don't get approved. Um, the ability to provide services on a competitive basis from bank to bank, we would not have those choices. So I want to come back to this in the next segment of this program, and I want you to give us a little bit more of the craziness of this particular nominee. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. I want to continue with this discussion with uh, Senator Pat Toomey about a very important but maybe behind the scenes kind of a position that's being uh, a nominee from the Biden administration, just to show two things. One, how radical these nominees have been. And we've done that for the last couple of months with especially judicial nominees. But in this case, we're talking about somebody who's going to be the controller of the currency. Somebody's going to regulate all of our banks to decide how they can operate and how credit is allocated. And this person is a clear Marxist that Senator Pat Toomey is outlining for the audience. Now, some of you out there may not worry about finances and not be concerned, but if you're a small business person and you need credit, the banking system is what typically gives you that credit to start a business to take a risk. If you want to buy a home, or you want to buy a car, and I think that will cover most everybody in this audience, you rely on our banking system. 
You rely on the lending institutions that are out there. And this nominee is so radical. I want you to hear these ideas that are being exposed by Senator Pat Toomey. Now, most of you wouldn't know about this, but this is why we elect Republicans to Congress, to keep an eye out so that these termites of radicalism, of communism, of Marxism, clearly Marxists with this individual. Why in the world is this person even being nominated? She's so extreme that the Biden administration has been floating this person's identity and background, but they actually have not sent it over because they want to sort of test the waters, I guess, on just how extreme they can make nominees before there is pushback. Because typically, the president is given some deference in the nominees that they make to various positions in the government. And, but this is the unelected bureaucracy that controls probably more of our lives than our elected officials do. But at least our elected officials, we expect to be watchdogs over these types of positions to be sure that radicals don't destroy this country from within. And that's the great service that Pat Toomey is doing. So I want this audience to hear and understand how absolutely extreme this individual is that could destroy our currency and give our enemies the victories over destroying this country that they can't get militarily. I don't understand it. I don't think you understand it. And certainly as we hear him, uh, Senator Pat Toomey doesn't understand it. So, Senator Let's go back to your description of what this nominee has been proposing. I understand that you have a paper that she wrote that outlines much of the radical ideas that she has. So would you give us that background, please? In a 2012 paper, she suggested that a mandate that financial products could only be sold if they're approved in advance by the federal government. There's no, there's no freedom to innovate here. There's no uh, responding to customers' wants and needs. There's no competition for providing a better, none of that. The government will decide what can and cannot be offered. <clears throat> Even she admitted that this is, quote, paternalistic and has command and control elements, end quote. At least she acknowledges that's what this is. So, Senator, nationalizing banking, eliminating competition, sounds like a big brother kind of a thing, looking into and controlling the money that we get, the allocation of capital to start businesses, the allocation of loans and products that we as individuals uh, would then be affected. And that's what I think this audience really needs to fully understand, how intrusive that will be to our individual and personal lives, not just some highfalutin regulatory issues at the banking level at some national level that we don't feel, but these are things that we'll actually feel. But that's not all she wants, is it? I think there's more that this audience would be interested in. Tell us about that. But it doesn't end there. Ms. Omarova doesn't just want to nationalize banking. She wants to do that, but that's not all. She also wants the banking regulators to run the whole economy. Under her plan, which she, again, laid this out in writing, and this is in a 2016 paper, the Federal Reserve would set prices in large sectors of the U.S. economy, those that she deems to be, quote, systemically important prices, end quote. That would include, she helpfully tells us, what would be considered systemically important prices, and I quote, widely used fuels, 
foodstuffs, some other raw materials, and wages or salary indices, among others. So she's openly advocating that the federal government sets wages and prices throughout the economy. Does this this sound anything like a free enterprise economy? It's unbelievable. So, Senator, what you described then is she has clearly written a manifesto about wage and price controls with the federal government controlling wages and prices for all of us. So now you're really getting down to our audience's concerns that the things that they buy, the work product that they offer up to an employer is going to be controlled how much they get paid by the federal government? Isn't this the same person that I read recently that said that, oh, the Soviet Union, where she grew up and where she went to school under a, I think, a Lenin um, scholarship, that she says the Soviet Union, with all its flaws, had a much better uh, banking system, a better equality for payment of services because the federal government at that level, the Soviet Union, controlled prices and wages. And I guess everybody was equally low instead of having a competitive merit-based system that we have in the United States. I mean, this truly is a way a Marxist would want to destroy this country. And the way a Marxist regime, like the Biden regime is becoming, would find ways to put people in control, in regulatory control, that would destroy this country with federally controlled wages and prices. Well, you made a strong case. Is there more? In addition to that, citing a desire to, quote, sidestep debilitating political battles over the federal budget, end quote. Now, Now, just think about that term. Let's unpack that just a bit. Debilitating political battles over the federal budget. That sounds to me like Congress arguing over spending arguably the most fundamental responsibility of Congress. Okay, now I think it's becoming clear to this audience that this individual wants to nationalize the banking system, which many of us would not know what that really means, but then she wants to put wage and price controls with that power and authority. But now what she described is she wants to move another step and replace our elected officials in making decisions on spending. Wow. That sounds really wild. What else is behind this curtain of Marxism that's being proposed by this nominee? In order to sidestep that, that fundamentally democratic process that follows our Constitution, in the 2020 white paper, Omarova proposed creating a national investment authority to channel both public and private capital to further policies that would be set by an unelected, unaccountable board. So the American people don't get to decide how their tax dollars get allocated by holding members of Congress accountable through elections. Instead, there'd be some board that would make all these decisions for us. Well, I hope our audience is beginning to understand the nuances here that are coming home and affecting their personal lives and also beginning to understand the strategy of the Marxist ideology. And that is, 
as we have grown the bureaucracy in the United States who makes many of the most important decisions and have taken away the power of Congress to a large degree in many of these areas. Yes, Congress can vote on how much money is spent, but how it is spent is the regulators, the bureaucrats have got enormous power in the growth and change in our government over the last 40 or 50 years. So you can see the strategy of the Marxists. Let's give more power to the bureaucracy and take away some of the power from our elected officials by setting up these unelected boards and commissions to actually run the economy as a Marxist would want to run it because they don't have to go up for elections. They just put people into these positions and they have more power than elected officials. Well, is there even more? I'm fascinated to find out how crazy this person can actually get in taking away the power of our elected officials. And that's not the only unaccountable body she's proposed to exert control over the private sector. In a 2012 paper, Ms. Omarova also proposed creating a public interest council. The public interest council. And their purpose would be to use pressure and propaganda tactics to manipulate public opinion against banks and regulators and to, quote, generate mass political support for the actions it considers necessary, end quote, and, quote, build its independent power base. I'm almost speechless. It's absolutely strange. Well, you've laid out a crazy nominee. How can somebody come up with these ideas? Where do they come from? What's the training and background? What's the experience of this individual that would lead her to make these proposals that are clearly centralized government Marxist control over individual lives of credit and borrowing? Where does this come from? So you could ask yourself, where would a person even come up with these ideas? How how does it even happen that it occurs to someone to think up these things? Well... Maybe a contributing factor could be if a person grew up in the former Soviet Union and went to Moscow State University and attended there on a Vladimir Lenin academic scholarship. 2019, she tweeted, and I quote, Say what you will about the old USSR. There was no gender pay gap there. Markets don't always know best. End quote. She followed up with the tweet. She decided to clarify that. And here's the tweet she issued afterwards. She said, and I quote, I never claimed women and men were treated absolutely equally in every facet of Soviet life, but people's salaries were set by the state in a gender-blind manner, and all women got very generous maternity benefits. Those things are still a pipe dream in our society. So I understand this thesis that she wrote at uh, Moscow University under this Lenin scholarship, personal scholarship, Um, has not been released, probably has even more crazy ideas and details in it that would be very damning to any American reading through this, let alone uh, being presented before Congress. Can you wrap up this segment by some final words on this kind of a nominee? What do we even know about this paper that she wrote? The title we know, the title of the thesis was, and I quote, Karl Marx's economic analysis and the theory of revolution in the capital, end quote. What's never occurred to me is that a person who thinks that way could possibly be considered to an important, powerful, and prominent position 
in the federal government. Well, there you have it, audience. How in the world do these people get nominated by a normal American administration? Uh, Clearly, there are crazy things happening behind the scenes, and Uncle Joe out there is not the moderate that people voted for. We had to hold our elected officials accountable, especially the Republicans, and see if we can't find some rational Democrats that will not let our country be taken over by these Marxist ideologues that are being nominated for key positions in our government. We'll be right back after this commercial and get more into the Biden administration's craziness. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, Just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, and the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we are talking about uh, the Marxism within our government where people like you and me out there doing our work, taking care of our family, going to church, doing our hobbies, enjoying our neighbors, we're not paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Congress. But maybe that's not even true. Maybe we're paying more attention than I'm giving credit for. And I want to talk about polling and some of the results of whether or not these crazy ideas that we just talked about in the last two segments of this program are really resonating with the American people. They may not know the specifics of the individuals that we just described and that you heard firsthand on this program. But the message is seeping through about the extremism of this government, of this Biden administration. So I want to go to a couple of segments, again, that probably don't get the kind of highlight that uh, we all really should be listening to. And I want to talk about a program that's headed up by Larry Kudlow. And he did some interviews with a fellow named Charlie Hurt, which is sort of a political operative. He's an insider, kind of knows what's going on in Washington. And another uh, political analyst, Mercedes Schleff, who worked in the uh, Trump administration. So I want to bring their thoughts into view 
as to whether or not these extremist, radical Marxist ideas are really resonating with the American people. And I want to start with Larry Kudlow and his analysis of recent polling that has gone on, whether or not this is really making its way into the American psyche, that there's stuff going on that really is very un-American. So, Larry, give us some of your perspective on recent polling and the acceptance of the American people of these radical ideas. I guess I want to start with the broad view. This idea of transforming our economy and our culture and our society is being rejected. Now, some of these polls, I'm sure you've seen them, independents have walked away from Biden. His approval rating among independents is like in the mid-20s, which is really quite remarkable. Common sense America, patriotic America, doesn't want to be transformed. Well, Mr. Kudlow, it is heartening to know that the polling is showing that, that the heartland America, the patriotic America, doesn't want these radical so-called transformational uh, changes. Uh, We kind of like the world as it existed with freedoms and liberty and uh, meritocracy and opportunities to get ahead and to have family as the core value and the things that unite us with flags and strong military, all those things that this country has stood for for so many decades. It's nice to know that there is a middle America out there. I'd like to talk about some of the other changes that have been going on for some time and get one other perspective here early on. Let's talk to uh, Mercedes Schlaff in response to this whole situation now of people rejecting this transformational, ideological, left-wing Marxist government that the Joe Biden administration is trying to foist on the American people. So, Mercedes, jump in on this whole discussion, if you would. Right. Well, there's the woke America, the one, the version written by the radical leftist. And then there's the America that's awakening. And this America that's awakening is realizing that we can lose this country very quickly if we don't stop these progressive ideology, these progressive policies. But let's remember, this started not just in the Biden administration. This started back in the Obama administration. And it was Donald Trump that the rejection of the Obama leftist policies happened when Donald Trump won. And now we're back at it again in this battle for the soul of this of America. And now you're actually seeing parents waking up, individuals who had never been involved in politics before that said, I don't want to get involved. It's too messy. It's too dirty. And then all of a sudden they're saying, wait a second, this is affecting my bottom line. This is affecting uh, what, what the money I bring to my house. This is affecting the education of my children and the indoctrination of my kids. We need to stop this. And that is why you're seeing independents walk away from Biden. And you're seeing even some Democrats question Biden's uh, inability to lead this country and instead uh, surrender to the left. Ms. Schlaff, you make an excellent point that people are beginning to go from woke to awakened. And that's what this program is all about. That's what I wanted your voices to be heard. Again, people can listen to these voices, these interviews that you're having on YouTube or on uh, C-SPAN or other areas. But 
I wanted to give this as much broad exposure as this network and this channel and this podcast can actually reach out because it's going to take all of us figuring out what is really going on, not just what the mainstream media is trying to present to us, which is hiding the complete radicalization of this government with nominations and policies that are being implemented. And they're hurting the regular people. They're hurting the Americans the most. They're hurting the low income. They're hurting the poor. They're hurting the elderly. They're hurting voters in this country, citizens in this voter, by bringing in uh, people who shouldn't be here, who don't deserve to be here, coming in illegally. They're hurting with inflation. They're hurting with gas prices. They're hurting in every possible way they can think of. It's almost like, how can you think of anything else that can hurt the American people? And finally, when you start to get down to things that people can realize that impact their own lives, they're stepping back and saying, well, wait a second. And I think you're right. Education in particular is one of the big items that during the pandemic, parents actually sat by those computers and saw what was going on in the classrooms. And now they know that their children are not being so much educated, but indoctrinated. So we've got to change this. It's a big, important election season coming up this year with a couple of governorships up and certainly next year when every House of Representatives member is up and election for the Senate can change the Senate. We're stuck with this President Biden, if you want to even call him that, for the next three plus years. But we don't have to put up with his policies that get passed through as laws. Anything he does as an executive just holding his pen like Obama and writing executive orders can be reversed. It's going to hurt to have to deal with that for three and a half years, but maybe he can wake up and realize that his crazy radical policies just are not going to pass muster with the American people. So, Mr. Cudlow, what's your sort of elevator description of the politics of the Biden administration? You know, with Biden and this transformational stuff, it just strikes me being against parents being against cops, being against work, these don't strike me as really winning issues. Well, Mr. Cadillac, that's a pretty concise, good elevator description of the craziness of whatever their politics is that they're thinking behind this, that I'm glad independents are breaking away. We seem to be a tribal society these days where if I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote Republican. If I'm Democrat, I'm going to vote Democrat. But it's that independent group in the middle that ultimately decides most elections, I guess, unless there's some uh, some shenanigans that goes on with particular elections that uh, some of us think has happened in some of the, the major metropolitan cities that are run by Democrats. But that aside, let me go to Charlie Hurt, who's our political analyst on this program today. And Charlie, how do you see all this shaping up? And does this make any sense to you? Yeah, they're definitely not winners. Uh, I have no idea what these people are thinking. Uh, and, you know, you, you go back and look at, as Mercy points out, you go back and you look at uh, the Obama years and the snapback after Obama got elected in that, in that uh, you know, gauzy, uh, magical 2008 election. Uh, from that point on, now, Obama managed to get himself reelected. 
but over a thousand Democrats across the country lost their seats because of Obama's policies. And Obama was at least appealing. And Obama had uh, had sort of the, the aura of competence around him. What we've got with Joe Biden is like something I don't think we've we've ever seen in the White House since the invention of electricity. I mean, this guy, this the level of incompetence that is displayed every day by this guy as he's asking uh, Congress to pass a five and a half trillion dollar spending plan because he's going to to remake the country. I think that people are waking up and saying absolutely no thanks. You know, Charlie Hurd, you just reminded us all on this program listening in today of one of the most important things that's kind of lost from the Obama administration. And that is while he might have been personally popular to get reelected, over a thousand Republicans uh, replaced Democrats during the midterm elections of his eight years. Republican Party really gained that grassroots at the state level, at the local level, control over much of the politics in this country. And we tend to forget that. Well, let me go back and ask uh, Mercedes Schlaff about our previous segments around banking and the strangeness of what is being proposed in some of these nominees. Is that strange or is it not, uh, Ms. Schlapp? Tell us your thoughts on what in the world is going on with our banking system uh, nominees from this crazy Biden administration and what it would do to our economy. Yeah, well, that and I think the third piece of this is inflation and the economy and the stress that it's putting in, in in our families, which is having to pay higher gas prices, having to pay higher food prices. And it's, again, impacting your pockets. Uh, but I do agree that, you know, this is why I think you're seeing the Democrats, whether they're looking at taking that provision out in terms of the IRS uh, in essence, uh, charging your bank account, you know, or, or making sure that the banks have to provide that information of $600 or, or uh, you know, if, if you deposit $600 in your bank, it, it's problematic. And the fact that the, the Democrats have wanted to push for more IRS. Why? Involvement. Why? Because they want more revenue. They need to find new revenue streams. It's a fight that the Democrats are having right now when Senator Sinema has said, I'm not going to allow for more tax heights or more corporate taxes. All of a sudden, the Democrats are saying, wait a second, how are we going to pay for, uh, you know, for all of our new entitlement programs that we're pushing for? Well, Mr. Cudlow, you're really good at sort of summarizing things about this idea of big government and snooping and looking at our bank accounts and all the centralized government that's being proposed. Give us your uh, final wrap up uh, ideas for this segment. The party that wants big government socialism, the party that wants to control the economy, the party that wants to control and change the culture. In other words, big government, big brother watching you, I think that party does want to snoop. Not only for the revenues that they may or may not get, they're not going to get it, but I think it's a snooping party. They have no respect for individual rights and for that matter, freedom of speech. You know, that goes to the parental thing. It goes to anybody who complains. Yeah. They don't like dissension, and that's bad. And America yeah. doesn't well, want to be transformed. I want to just put that tail in. I think America, the moral of this story, America doesn't want to be transformed. Well, there you have it from three real experts on the politics of what the country is thinking relative to the radicalization 
of our government through the Biden administration. And you've just heard from Charlie Hurt, Mercedes Schlaff, and also Larry Kudlow. So thank you, all three of you. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more commentary on the craziness of the Biden administration. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment of Healthcare Insight. You're on America's Web Radio. And we're talking about the craziness of the Biden administration, but we're also talking for our listeners out there to understand the impact of that craziness on your lives. And the last segment, we talked to some really smart people about the politics, the polling, uh, Mercedes Schlaff and uh, Charlie Hurt, Uh, Larry Kudlow, and actually I want to bring them back for this final segment to talk about some of the craziness again. So let me start with uh, Mercedes Slap. Can we spend our way out of the current situation? The Biden administration has a $1.2 trillion package that already passed the the Senate and is held up in the House, but they've got another $3.5 trillion that the liberals, the progressives, the socialists, the Marxists, if you will, in Congress want to add on top of that. Can we spend our way out? And what's the impact on regular people listening into this program on things like the inflation of the products and goods that they need to buy for their families? Spend your way out of these problems. The spending is going to put an enormous amount of stress, causing more consumer prices to go up. The the reality is we're already seeing these suppliers that the waiting lines are longer uh, for them to be able to get what they need to the businesses. And as we see this pent up demand continue to grow, it's very problematic for them uh, not to to stop this inflation. And and I know Biden's trying to call this short short term, but we know this is not going to be a short term problem. Well, Ms. Slap, you're bringing too much logic to the whole situation. You know, I'm not an economist, but I had economics courses 50 years ago, and my understanding of basic economics and inflation is that if you have the same number of goods, but you have more money, that greater amount of money is going to mean people are going to be willing to pay more for those goods that are in the store. So it will drive up prices. On the other hand, if you have fewer goods and even the same amount of money that chasing after those fewer goods, it will also drive up the price of those goods. Well, in today's world, again, just as a layman, as a just a regular person looking at this, 
we got fewer goods because of the supply chain, because of workers staying home, of not wanting to go back to work with more government benefits. We've got fewer goods on the shelves, and you can see empty shelves every day if you go to a Sam's or a Costco or your grocery store, and you have even more money chasing after those fewer goods. And this administration wants to double down on that and add another five-plus trillion dollars into the economy. Well, what do people think is going to happen? Of course we're going to have inflation. So you don't have to be some fancy Harvard-educated or Princeton or Wharton School economist to see the, the common-sense logic of why prices are going up. And then if I can't get my wages to go up an equal amount, I'm falling further and further behind. I may get a bigger raise than I got last year, but the price of the products I've got to buy are going up even faster. So let me turn to Charlie Hurt and give me your perspective, Charlie. You're a great political analyst. You understand economics as well. Do you have to be an economist to understand this very basic dynamic, what's going on with this Biden administration's economy, the Bidenomics, if you will? No, it's incredible. You really don't have to be an economist to know that uh, the president is lying here uh, at best. But I have to say that sort of the silver lining here is at least finally they're talking about it because for months now they've, they've refused to talk about it. And people like Don Lemon were refusing to ask questions about it, even as, as you point out, when you go out and talk to regular people across this country, and they're not economists, they're going to the grocery store to buy stuff or they're going to the gas station to buy stuff. And I understand that, that energy is probably a little bit different, but it's, but it's the same sort of, it's the same feeling for people who are laying out huge amounts of money for their grocery bill or their gas bill. People have been worried about this for months and the White House has been flat out lying about it. And a lot of people in the more uh, partisan press has been uh, loath to even ask any questions about it. And then, as you noticed, when he did, when when uh, uh, Biden started spouting all that nonsense about it, he didn't even get pushed back on it. Yeah. It's just sort of, it's almost like they're right. putting it out there so that he can sort of give an answer and then move on. Well, Charlie Hurt, you bring up the idea of the prices at the gas pump. And so I want to turn to um, uh, Mercedes Schlapp and ask her, does it make any sense to close down the pipelines in the United States, the Keystone Pipeline and others that are being challenged and may very well be closed down, but the, the biggest one, the Keystone Pipeline, was closed down on day one of this administration. To close that down and then open up the Russian pipeline going to Germany to give approval for that which had been on hold through the Trump administration. Does that make any common walking around sense to the American people? Doesn't that just show how crazy this Biden administration is, how radical this Biden administration is, and everything they do seems to be anti-American? So, Ms. Schlapp, what's your thoughts on this dynamic that's going on around gas and the pipeline? Does anyone believe this makes sense? Well, apparently the liberals believe that and Joe Biden believes that. And, and, and it's really unfortunate because I, I'm sure you remember the Trump administration was highly criticized by the by saying that they weren't 
tough enough on Russia, despite mm. the fact that we had put t tough sanctions on Russia. And here you have President Biden, that you have the Russians and the Chinese looking at us and saying, I smell weakness. This is a weak president. This is a president willing to cave in. And the mere fact is, is that while he Biden has been focused on eliminating, for example, the Keystone Pipeline mm -hmm. by forcing his climate change agenda everywhere he can in every piece of legislation and putting pressure on uh, our on our energy industry. It really, I think, is very unfortunate and, and it hurts not only our economy, but also the fact that we are then becoming energy dependent. That, as we know, is not a formula for success or strength in America. Ms. Schlaff, good and smart comments. And I think our audience is getting the message very clearly about the craziness, both domestically and internationally, of this Biden administration. Let me turn to Larry Kudlow again, because, Larry, you've always got a very unique way of summarizing this and what I'll call sort of the elevator discussion major points that people can understand, regular people out there can understand. So give me your perspective on what's happening with the perspective of the regular people out there like you and me on what this Biden administration is trying to do. I'm trying to look at this, take away the experts and the policy apparatus and the economists and so forth who cook up these theories. Just as ordinary folks. The election will be decided by ordinary folks. And I'm, I'm suggesting that President Biden's assertions and actions are not credible. Now, besides the White House and various liberals and lefty progressives in the media, who believes this stuff? Well, Mr. Cudlow, I guess what you're saying by implication is that nobody with any real sense is believing what's going on is going to help the American people and that we're going to see that in the upcoming election, probably a red wave, a red tide taking over this election. Well, let me turn back to Charlie Hurt. Charlie, give me your perspective on what's going on here and how this is going to ultimately shake out with the American people. And what about the media? What about the media? Are they asking the right questions? Are they coming around asking the right questions? The Biden administration has been hiding behind a very complicit uh, media that doesn't even ask the right questions. So give me your take on what's going on with this administration and in particular your insights as to the media. Well, that's what's really alarming about all of this is just like with the inflation issue uh, and, and the same with the Nord Stream issue. A lot of these things, the, the most basic questions aren't getting asked of the administration uh, by, you know, the, the, you know, there are a few of us in the media who are pressing a lot of uh, pressing for answers about a lot of these things. But a lot of people in the media are not. And they're taking this stuff at face value out of the administration and they're flat out lies. But as you point out, at the end of the day, um, you know, these are things that regular Americans, regular voters know, can see with their own eyes and they can see it at the pump and they can see it at the grocery store. And that's the kind of thing that moves voters uh, at election time. And, and I also think it's, you know, that's partly why the administration has begun trying to talk about some of these things, but they don't have good answers. Thank you, Charlie. I think you're exactly right. And let me turn back again to Larry Kudlow, who always is able to sort of pull this together in a very clear, concise way. Um, 
tell me how this is being reflected in the general public, if you will, uh, Mr. Cudlow. You're an economist, but you also have your sense and your thumb on the American public's feelings out there and how this is impacting them. So let's try to wrap this uh, segment up with some of your final thoughts, if you would, please. So President Biden is saying that anybody who opposes his reckless spending and taxing plan will be complicit in America's decline. But many of us think passing this plan will actually create an America in decline. A number of polls uh, left, right, and center are backing that up. It's just kind of hard. I, as a matter of common sense, uh, jacking up spending and taxing and regulating and ending our um, oil energy independence is not going to help America. It's going to harm America. Uh, commodity prices, the CRB Commodity Index, which is a market-based uh, index, um, is very, very strong. The thing's been rising a lot. And natural gas prices are booming. Oil prices are booming. I, Perhaps you, I don't know who said this, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Larry Cudlow, you hit the nail on the head again. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all of the time. And that's what the Biden administration and the complicit media is trying to do. It is patently obvious to anybody with any kind of common sense that commodity prices going up, gas prices are going up, inflation is rising rapidly, the supply of goods is diminished, our open borders is not helping anybody, it's lowering wages for the most needy of jobs uh, among us, our foreign policy is in disarray, our allies don't trust us, our enemies are emboldened. This is what's happening when you elect somebody who is really a puppet of people behind him who have a Marxist socialist ideology and they are exercising that power of the government when they weren't truly elected and there's a facade of a unifier, a lunch bucket Joe that really doesn't exist. Well, I hope our audience has gotten some good information and knowledge out of all this. Please join us again next week when we will delve into some of the behind-the-scenes activities of our government that are impacting your life, your spouse's life, your children's life, your entire family's life. So tune in again next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.